0: Hi, and welcome to Be the Flagship with our podcast host, Jeff Parsons. This is where we tackle the day-to-day talent management challenges you face, particularly in hospice and small healthcare organizations. And now, over to our host. Take it away, Jeff.
1: Hello, and welcome. My name's Jeff Parsons, and I'm the host for This episode of the podcast Be the Flagship, where we focus on talent or employee-related issues that are relevant for the hospice and other small healthcare industries. Uh, The topics for today is the fishbowl part two. This is an extension of last week's episode uh, where we're going to be talking about the fishbowl again, using it as an analogy of corporate culture or your your work culture and talked. we last week we talked about some of the issues some of the components of the fishbowl some of the things that make up a healthy fishbowl or dirty up a fishbowl right this week we're going to talk more specifically about the individual puzzle pieces and how we can do a better job cleaning the fishbowl and then keeping it clean so let's review Last week's episode, uh, we'll briefly review. So, we talked about the analogy of the fishbowl to workplace culture. We described a clean fishbowl. So, we're using this, as, you know, envision this clean fishbowl where all the fish are swimming around, all the fish are happy. When you hire new fish and bring them into the fishbowl, they're helping you keep it clean, and everyone is happy and get along well and good, strong schools of fish and and that sort of thing and and then if you want to visualize a dirty fishbowl uh again no one wants to swim around and see nothing but dirt so what happens eventually they leave they'll leap out of that fishbowl into a clean fish bowl, and so uh you know that's a dirty fishbowl that's what we want to avoid at all costs but sometimes it happens and then we have to step back analyze determine why it's dirty and then put steps in action to clean it up Uh, so maintaining a clean fish bowl is like a box of puzzle pieces they're in no particular order and each piece is important to the overall puzzle picture so you can start just about anywhere in that box pick out a puzzle piece and begin to build the puzzle picture around that piece if you're missing pieces you're not going to have a complete puzzle Right, and and so let's talk about some of these individual pieces again. We talked about selection and hiring. We talked about onboarding. We talked about communication systems, performance standards, recognition rewards, your approach to change, developing teams, having a diverse and inclusive workforce, and culture. Uh, So let's take these individual pieces, talk about what we can do differently with each one. And then we'll wrap up with the benefits of maintaining a clean fish bowl. So, what is your approach as an organization for selecting and hiring fish? That's a strange question, right? But when you go to the pet shop uh, to select a fish for maybe a child's fish bowl, you know what's your approach? You know how how do you how can you tell when the fish is healthy? You want the fish to live longer than like a day and then flush it down the toilet. No, you don't want that. You want one that's going to last a while. It's going to live a while, right? And it's going to stay and contribute in the fish bowl, right? And so what's your approach as an organization? Do you take a look at just the credentials? Well, they check this box. They check that box. They check this box over here. They have an RN license checked. They have... Five years experience in a hospital check. And you check off all these boxes, and then your interview process is more like an interrogation than it is a true interview where you're using behavior-based questions to determine what their behaviors are and how they would react in certain circumstances. So you go through this laundry list, you interrogate the uh, job candidate, and then what do you do? you take a mirror out of your back pocket, you hold it up to their face and say, can you fog this mirror? And if they fog this mirror, you say, well, I have a job for you, right? Oftentimes, unfortunately, that's closer to the truth in hiring than we'd like to admit. Uh, But that's such a critical and important step uh, as it relates to your workplace culture. Uh, So what are some things that you can do to make sure you're hiring clean fish. Well, one thing you can do is utilize assessments. We've talked about assessments in a couple of episodes and the power they bring to the selection and hiring process as long, you know, I'm going to give you a qualifier, as long as you use them consistently and you don't use them to discriminate those who happen to be in protected classes, right? So you have to prove that uh, you're not using those results to discriminate based on a particular protected class and if you're going to use the assessment for this candidate in this demographic then you have to use that same assessment for everyone else interviewing for that type of job regardless of their demographics so use an assessment that will give you more data points the more data points you have the better hiring decision you can make right and so an assessment provides data points. So what kind of data points were important? Well, you'd like to know what their past behaviors have been. You'd like to know what their thinking process is. You'd like to know how effective their problem-solving and decision-making skills are, all right, and and how quickly they can learn. And, And you'd also like to know, you know, do their interests line up with the position you're hiring for? If they're not at all aligned in terms of their interests, they're going to be unhappy, and you don't want that. You want them to be aligned in terms of their interests. You want them to be aligned in terms of their past behaviors versus your expectations within the organization, and you want them to be aligned in terms of their ability to make good decisions, solve problems, and learn quickly. Because in the end, you want to hire fish who will commit to your organizational goals who will align with your organizational core values they will perform to your organizational performance standards and they will stay and grow with your organization that's the type of fish that you want to hire you want one you want to hire a fish you want to hire fish who will come in and keep a clean fish bowl you don't want to hire a fish who's going to come in and dirty the fish bowl. Sometimes, and the reason you want to use assessments and they're so powerful is sometimes a fish can look squeaky clean. They can look really cl- clean. In other words, they can answer those interview questions. They're great at interviewing, right? And they have the credentials. You know, in their resume, they put together a very nice looking resume. And so, on the surface, on the so so on the surface, they look clean. What you don't realize is in their little fish pockets, they have these little bags of dirt. And once you hire that fish, bring them to the fishbowl, what do they do? They begin to slowly empty those bags of dirt. They create toxicity in your working environment. And that's not what you want. In fact, I call that particular kind of fish, there's a, there's a specific name for that fish i call them the dirtbag fish (laughs) you don't want to hire a dirtbag fish you want someone that's going to help you grow your organization you're not going to hire someone who's going to get in the way all right who's going to create strife within your organization who's going to create division and toxicity within your environment so you want to be able to detect whether that fish has dirtbags in their pockets or not right? So you want to do your due diligence in selection and hiring because it's just so important uh, to workplace culture. And so what do you do once you've hired that that clean fish? You want to do a really good job of onboarding that fish. You don't want to hire them and then say, okay, you're hired. Now go work with your manager. They'll They'll, they'll put you to work, right? Onboarding is an opportunity to connect with that employee. And you want to take advantage of those opportunities to connect because the more connection that new hire feels with your organization, the greater the odds that they will engage in, with your organization, they'll align with your purpose, and, and they will stay and so you can reduce your turnover by taking advantage of opportunities to connect and so onboarding is provides those opportunities so what do you do you make sure you bring their direct manager in to the onboarding process make sure they have an opportunity to connect with that employee make sure you have some social connection during the onboarding process That is not all not just check the box compliance stuff you do that in orientation, and I know you have to do that, but there needs to be more than just checking the box. So, in connect with that employee. If you have any philanthropic uh, initiatives in the community, make, make the new hire aware of those things. Find some way, somehow, to get them connected to those things that are not a part of their daily work. You want them to feel proud of where they work, right? You don't want to feel, want them to feel that it's just a job. You want them to feel proud of where they work. And so, having a good, strong, robust onboarding process is important. But beware if you think that taking that new hire and sending them to their manager and that's your onboarding process, you're going to be sorely disappointed because what happens, oftentimes, that manager is overworked they have a busy schedule they don't have time in their minds to spend with that new hire so what do they do they throw the new hire to the wolves there you go you know let me know if you have any problems right and that's not what you want you want that connection between that manager and the new hire and which brings us to the next puzzle piece the managers right so most employees quit their boss before they quit the company. And it's because they're not connected with that boss. And the reason they're not connected with that boss is because they don't feel like they're being treat, treated fairly. They don't feel like they're being treated consistently. They don't feel that their boss can regulate their emotions. You know, they have a low emotional intelligence level. and Or, you know, the, the manager talks about employees to other employees. You know, all of those things can create division or a lack of connection between the employee and the boss. So you want good, strong bosses, and so what you need to do is take the boss, take the manager, and turn them into leaders. Make sure you invest in leader development, right? Make sure you invest in coaching those leaders who are struggling or in the ditch. Make sure you spend time with those leaders. Make sure you have mentoring and coaching processes in place. Make sure your leaders are trained to coach others. Coaching is such an important leadership skill. So make sure your leaders know how to coach others within their organization. Develop your leaders, you want your employees, or your fish in this case, you know, to, to swim a mountain, to move mountains for that for that leader. They'll only do that if they feel that that leader has credibility. They'll only do that if they feel that your leaders are worth following, right? So spend the time to develop your leaders. Okay, time for a break.
0: At Flagship Talent, we work with our clients to find and place the right talent, What do we mean by the right talent? We mean we find talent who will commit to your organizational goals and align with your values and behavior expectations. Talent who will perform to your expectations. Talent who will stay and grow with your organization. How are we different from our competitors? We offer the lowest fee structure in the industry. We offer the best talent guarantee in the industry. We provide selection and interviewing support to our clients at no additional fee. We want to save you money, deliver high-quality talent, become an extension of your organization, and be your preferred provider of talent acquisition solutions. To learn more, contact Jeff Parsons by email at jeff at flagshiptalent.com or by phone at 1-800-530-4189, extension 101.
1: So let's talk about senior leadership within the fishbowl and the commitment of your senior, senior leaders to Keep and maintain a clean fishbowl, right? If if the leader doesn't care, you're going to have a dirty fishbowl, right? If the leader doesn't, ha- if the senior leader doesn't hold other leaders accountable for their behaviors, not just their results, but how did they get those results? You know, if you don't hold them accountable for their behaviors, you're going to have a dirty fishbowl, right? It all starts at the top. If your leader is not doing a good job hiring leaders within the organization, you're going to have a dirty fishbowl. So you need that senior leader, that executive director, the CEO, the pro, whatever their title happens to be, because leadership has nothing to do with title. It's all about your demonstrated behavior. And what type of behavior is your senior executive modeling to other people? Because uh, because that's contagious. Other leaders will model that same behavior. They will behave in a manner that, that provides a reward, right? You get what you reward for, right? And so if you reward results, regardless of their behaviors or regardless how they got those results, those bosses are going to continue the same types of behavior. It, it's even more dangerous than that. They will assume that those behaviors are so good they're getting they're being rewarded for that, right? And so you know the terrible thing is oftentimes they get promoted because of their bottom line results, but they've left a mess behind them, right because of their destructive, Behavior, their toxic behavior within the environment. But it all starts at the top. Does the senior leader hold the organizational leaders, managers, accountable and responsible for their behaviors and accountable for keeping a clean fishbowl, right? What about communication systems? So, do you practice a lot of one way communication where you don't give them? Imp- the fish an opportunity to about to provide feedback or to provide input is it always one way you know hr sends out an email to everybody or sends out a letter the ceo sends out a quarterly newsletter or letter and that's the extent of your communication process you should have an open and transparent communication process think of small forums small project groups where you bring them into the room and you use that as an opportunity to connect with those employees. And and communication is a strong connector. If they feel you're being honest with them uh, in, the, in your communication, they will more strongly connect with you as a leader and with your organization. So having two-way communication, having open communication, having Small, you know, lunch and learns, not with an entire organization because that doesn't give people an opportunity to contribute. You want a smaller group that's manageable where you can expect and and hold the employees responsible for providing input into your projects, into your system, into your processes, your procedures. That sort of thing. So, having open and honest communication, making sure it's two way, making sure you can't over communicate. You can't. You can under communicate, but you cannot over communicate. Use various methods for communication, you know, the small group meetings, the lunch and learns, uh, you know, you can use email. You, know, you can have suggestion systems. You can do a lot of things, but the key thing is if you put those types of systems and processes in place, number one, use them, and number two, respond promptly when you have a request as far as communication. If you don't, people will stop using that system. You have a suggestion system as an example, a little box, right? And people, we encourage you to give us suggestions. So just write it down on a piece of paper and Put it in that box, and we'll take care of it. If nothing ever happened, if you never communicate with the employee that you've number one even received it, and if you have received it, what action is being taken, if any? They'll just stop dropping the suggestions in the box because, and it, it gets even worse than that. They'll say, "Why bother?" All right, and that lack of credibility that you've earned through that lack of communication will carry over into other areas of the organization. They will begin to lose trust in you as a leader and in your organization. So make sure you have good open communication and that you respond promptly to employee input concerns, that sort of thing. What about your performance standards? Do you hold people accountable for reaching those performance standards that you've communicated to them about? If not... You are rewarding bad behavior. Uh, You know, when I do leadership development, uh, when we get into performance and, and things like that, I'll ask the question. So how many of you talking to the group of attendees, how many of you have ever rewarded poor performance and punished good performance? And it's a funny question. And when you see the look on their faces, especially, you say, Jeff, have you lost your mind? We would never punish good performance and reward poor performance. So I'd ask for a show of hands. No one would raise their hands. And so then I'd ask them a question. So you have Jeff over here. He's a terrible employee. He's always moaning, groaning, complaining. I always takes him twice as long to complete a task as it does Anyone else. And then you have Jane over here. She's always very positive. She gets things done. She even takes, she's even proactive and takes initiative to get things done before you even ask her to do those things, right? Doesn't give you any problems. She just goes out and does the work. And you have an urgent task that both Jeff and Jane are qualified to perform. And who are you going to give it to? If you answered, I'm going to give it to Jane because I need to get it done, guess what you've just done? you just punished Jane, and you've re- rewarded Jeff. Uh, you've rewarded Jeff for being a poor employee. So what you've also done is encouraged Jeff's behavior. Why would you expect it to change, right? His behavior actually delivered a tangible reward for him because you won't come to him as often asking him to do those difficult task because you don't want to put up with Jeff's terrible attitude right so remember that when we talk about performance standards reward good performance and punish poor performance and don't get those mixed up which brings us to rewards and recognition do you have a rewards and recognition process in place that rewards good performance and when I say good performance, I'm not talking about just that level, that basic level of performance that delivers the results for that job, you know, based on the job description or whatever. What I'm talking about, do your rewards and recognition system or processes reward people for going above and beyond, for demonstrating the behaviors that are aligned with those corporate platitudes you have on a plaque on a wall somewhere, Right reward and, and, and provide recognition for those employees, not just for doing their job for the day, but for going above and beyond what's required, right? If you want to see more of that, right? Um, and as I mentioned last week, what's your approach to change? Do you approach change when, you, when you're implementing change? Are you that Seagull manager? As we mentioned last week, Seagull manager, Flies in, screams, It makes a lot of noise, craps on a lot of people, flies away, right? And no one wants to be crapped on and screamed at by the seagull manager, right? People will begin to duck or hide when they see the seagull manager flying in. But if if that's your approach, I'm going to fly in, make a lot of noise, oh, this is the greatest thing, this change is the greatest thing since sliced bread. You're going to love it. This is what I want you to do, and then you fly off, and then when you fly back in, it hasn't been done because you have to keep the pressure on and change. We're going to do an episode in a few weeks on change where we'll talk about the steps of change and how to keep the pressure on and make sure you get the result you're looking for, but what's your approach to change? It it has an influence, either a positive influence or a negative influence on your connection with those employees, your level of credibility as an organization that you'll do what you say you're going to do. And it helps to maintain a clean fishbowl. Also, you want diverse fish. You don't want the same type of fish swimming around in the fishbowl. That gets kind of boring, right? You want different colorful fish, right? And, and they, they can do different things and different tricks. And, and you want variety in a fishbowl. I don't know that I've ever seen a fishbowl where every single fish look the same, right? So diversity and inclusion is so important in your organization to provide you with a diverse perspective on things, to provide you with a a diverse thought process, right? And so it's important to make sure that your fishbowl has some diversity and inclusion and at diff- different types of fish make a stronger fishbow. right so what about your teams are your teams just a collection of eyes you know people will say there's no eye in team and as i mentioned before oh yes there is a team is nothing more than a collection of eyes and your organizational leaders are tasked with taking that collection of eyes and creating one strong, high-performing, cohesive team. And that's not an easy thing to do. You have to work on individuals and teach them how to work well together within their team and cross-functionally. Do you have leaders in your organization that say, my team is performing well and then we ask well who's your team well me and the people who report to me right so is that what you have or do you have a leader saying we're doing great who's we we as an organization our team is you know my group is contributing to that success right you don't want your leaders setting up an us versus them mentality where they think their team is just them and their direct reports as opposed to they're a part they're a leader of a much bigger fishbowl, right? That's that's the type of mentality you need with your leaders, that we're all in this together. We all hang together, or we all hang separately, but we're all in this together. That should be the approach to teamwork. And again, I can't emphasize enough the need to make sure you're rewarding the right types of behaviors. Don't reward this uh, this leader who's developing or creating this us versus them attitude where anything that's going wrong they'll say well you know how they are right as opposed to well this is what we need to do and this is why we need to do it and here's our role in this whole thing as opposed to creating division that's self-destructive behavior so don't allow your leaders to do it and then get rewarded and well i'm not going to reward well if you don't say anything to them you're rewarding them as well the lack of punishment or the lack of addressing the issue is in and of itself a reward. So what are the benefits of maintaining a clean fishbowl? Well, when you high, select and hire clean fish, not only will they help you, support you, and help you maintain a clean fishbowl, but when a little part of it gets dirty, they jump in and help you clean it up. So they help you clean the fishbowl. It will increase your level of engagement. Happy fish are engaged fish, right? Happy fish are engaged fish. You want to increase the level of engagement. You want the employee to feel like a true part of your organization, not like a number or not like, you know, just an employee. Uh, You know, you want them to be proud of what they do. You want them to be proud of who they work for. Or work with that you want them to be proud of your organization a clean fish boat will increase the performance of the fish right they're not sick they're not floating around uh on their back dead you No, know, they're gonna in- they're gonna perform you're gonna increase the level of performance when you have a clean fish boat when you have a clean workforce environment or, or positive work culture you're going to have decreased turnover. You're gonna have fewer fish tired of swimming around in that dirty fish bowl and saying, I'm out of here, and they're jumping out of your dirty fish bowl into someone else's cleaner fish bowl, right? You don't want that. But if you keep a clean fish bowl, those fish will stick around. All right. And so within your work environment, if you have a positive work culture, and, and, and that puzzle that we talked about is a pretty puzzle, and people are proud and they're connected to your organization, why would they leave? When you increase engagement performance and you decrease turnover, when you have employees within your organization who will commit, align with your core values, perform, stay, and grow with your organization, what you're really doing is creating internal salespeople, right? So when one of your employees is in the grocery store and they bump into their neighbor and the neighbor says, hey, I hear you work for X company, you know, how do you like it? What you want to hear is, I love it, right? The company takes care of me. We take care of our patients. And I love my boss. That's what you want to hear. You don't want to hear, well, it's a job, you know, well, you know anyone else who's hiring. It's a terrible place. You don't want them you don't want your employees to communicate those types of things to people outside your organization. You want them to be you want to create internal salespeople for your organization. You can't do that if they're not connected. So as I wrap up today, you know, as I mentioned before, the podcast is your opportunity as a small healthcare professional to listen, learn, and laugh. So, yes, it's time for Jeff's joke of the day. And in honor of concluding this episode of the Fish Bowl, uh, I'm sorry, but I have another fish joke for you. So, are you ready? Okay, here we go. So, what did the fisherman say when he couldn't get the fish off his hook he said this fish is being a real pain in the bass (laughs) okay sorry about that and i'll see you next time goodbye
0: thank you for listening to this episode of be the flagship with jeff parsons we hope you enjoyed it if you did like it please subscribe and share with others until next time take the step to become the flagship in your marketplace